0: Go ahead, shake that jar of sprinkles and celebrate your role as a mom. I'm Stephanie Fleece. And I'm Michelle Thornton with City Moms Blog Network. And our hope is that the next 40 minutes or so bring a smile to your face. A skip to your step. And a sprinkle or two to your mundane. This is Just Add Sprinkles, Celebrating Motherhood. A podcast by City Moms Blog Network. Hey friends, so are you a romantic
1: type 4 or an adventure-seeking type 7?
0: Or perhaps you're the perfectionist type 1 or the peacemaker type 9. So here's the deal, you're either nodding your head enthusiastically because you love what we're
1: talking about or you're so confused right now, but we're talking about the Enneagram. Oh, we love the Enneagram stuff. (laughs) We do love the Enneagram. I love talking about yes. it Even, so much that our podcast editor knows that we love the Enneagram.
0: Yes, so. he made us re-record our intro because the audio levels weren't the best. So know, here we so are with take two. Here's a, here's a nod to Brian. Thank yes. you. Oh, Brian's amazing. Oh my gosh, we love Brian.
2: <laughs> well,
1: the Enneagram um, yes. has become, what I would say, much more popular over the past couple of years, wouldn't you say?
0: Yes, but you know what? It's been around for thousands of years. Isn't yeah, that crazy? It's for,
1: yeah. It's been around for a super long time.
0: Yeah. And the the textbook definition for people who are just now hearing about it is it's basically a model of our human psyche um, that's explained through a typology of nine interconnected personality types. Yeah. So the idea is that is that you connect
1: mostly to one of nine numbers. Uh, and there's, it's, even more complicated than that, it sounds so simple like, oh, so you're one of nine numbers. Uh, well, but then you have wings added in there yeah. and you go to different numbers in stress and insecurity and we go over a little bit more of that um, in the interview with our guests too.
0: Yeah, we do. And there it's really kind of complicated but really interesting because once you hone in on your number, it's almost scary how accurate it can be. Um, right. but like Steph said, we're not the experts. <laughs> Yes, we are far from the experts. We might love the Enneagram, but we're not experts. (laughs) We are enthusiasts, not experts. So we're bringing in an expert for you guys today. Melissa Kohler, she lives in Bend, Oregon. She's a small business strategist and serial entrepreneur, as she says. She started her first business in 2001. And with Enneagram personality types, Melissa shows fellow creatives how to build lovable brands by owning who they are and differentiate their products and services in the marketplace.
1: And Melissa knows a thing or two about the Enneagram. (laughs) We have a lot to learn. So here's my conversation with Melissa. Hey, Melissa. Welcome to the Just Add Sprinkles podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yay. Well, I am sitting here in Minneapolis as the snow is falling and it's beautiful. But hi, you're in Bend,
2: right? Bend, I Oregon. am. And the snow is falling outside my window right now, too.
1: Oh, look at us. I know. <laughs> we're, it's like we're together, but not we so are. much. So far away, <laughs> actually. But uh, well, Melissa, I am thrilled to have you on the podcast because we're going to talk about one of my newfound favorite topics to talk to anybody, anyone who's willing to talk to me about the Enneagram, which today is you.
0: We're going to talk about
1: it. So tell me how you got introduced to the Enneagram because uh, some of our listeners may not even have any understanding of the Enneagram. So I want to know how you came to find out about the Enneagram and when your kind of journey started with it. Okay.
2: Well, great. I am super excited to talk about this because it's one of my favorite things to talk about. All right. Uh, Not about me, by the way, but about the Enneagram. (laughs)
0: Well, we Let's need to know where you go, know too. <laughs>
2: um, so I found the Enneagram, or I like to say the Enneagram found me a few years ago. Okay. And I started reading up on things. One of my favorite books. And so this is, if you're new to the Enneagram, this book will be fantastic. It's called The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile. And that's where and I started, it, too. So it, it's a great book. It's yes. super easy, right? Yep. It's great. So, if you are new to the Enneagram or you just want to dip your toes in, that is a fantastic book to start with. Right. And um, so, I don't remember if that was my introduction. I'm almost 100% sure it was not. But um, that was part of the journey down the rabbit hole of obsession when I started that book because I was like, oh my gosh, this is written by someone else. And they are saying what's in my head. This is weird. Right. (laughs) So so anyway, after that, I started discovering more and more um, books and podcasts and teachers. And I decided last year to become a certified Enneagram coach because the Enneagram had helped me so much in my personal and business life that I decided if it's going to help me I want to be able to help other people too. So that's kind of the Cliff Notes version.
1: Okay. Yeah. And like I said, I started with, well, my Enneagram kind of journey started primarily with that book as well. The Path Between, or not The Path Between Us the road back to you. There's two separate books and we'll make sure that we link to both of those books in the show notes. So if anyone's wanting to grab those, they can. But um, that was a wonderful introduction. And I agree. Um, There's so many podcasts, so much content online. Like, And if you uh, just dig in, you'll find that there's so much information out there. But uh, let's speak to the listener that has never even heard of this. Um yes. and it might be new, I'm saying new with air quotes, uh to, you know, me or even to you um in just the past couple of
2: years, but it's not new at all. It's no, it's been around for a long time, right? Yes, very long time. And there are plenty of books out there that can do a better job of describing exactly its origins and, and yeah. all of that, but um like if in its simplest terms, Enya means nine, and gram means drawing. So essentially, it's a drawing of nine. And um, that's important to know because there are nine different personality types that we're going to talk about in a little bit. But uh, I like to think of the Enneagram as like a GPS or a guide on how to view our life. It is, there are like, there's so many different personality systems out there. Right. And this is a personality type. Mm -hmm system, if you will, but it digs so much deeper, so much deeper than everything else out there because it because it focuses on how you view the world and more importantly, on the core fears, core desires, and key motivators. And that's important because that is what that is what we want to get at at the core of when we're finding what our Enneagram type is. Core fears core desires and key motivators right now i have a question
1: for you uh you know my understanding uh, of a number of other kind of personality type of tests so let's just talk about the myers-briggs because that's probably the most like understood and recognized uh is that actually people can change in the myers-briggs um like i formerly was far more extroverted Now I'm far more introverted. I blame the little people in my life (laughs) that
2: have (laughs) forced me to be more introverted. But that's not the case for the Enneagram, correct? Nope, that is correct. Right. Yes, you have one dominant Enneagram number and that will be your number for your entire life. You will not change. Right. And I find that to be really fascinating because there are a
1: lot of things in our lives that change and in some cases kind of, Various testing can change uh, through a season of life or whatnot and experiences, but I also agree that I don't, I do not think the enneagram changes ever. So it's interesting. Uh, okay, so let's do kind of a brief walkthrough of the nine numbers. Uh, do you want to start with one, or do you have a different number you'd rather start with?
2: Well, before we do that, can I back up for our listeners that may be wondering how to figure out what their Enneagram type is? Yes, please tell us all of your wisdom. (laughs) I wouldn't go that far, but, um, so if you have ever taken a test or you want to take a test to find out what your number is, I wanted to give a couple of tips on how to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But before I do that, I wanted to just say that in the Enneagram world, there are a couple schools of thought on how to figure out what your number is. And there's not a right way or a wrong way to do that, but I just wanted to give everybody that opportunity to decide what they think is best for them, right? So you can take an online test, or you can read the description of each one of the nine numbers and decide which one you resonate the best with. So, again, there's not a right way or wrong way to do that. You just need to make sure that you're doing your due diligence and right really reading up on those things. So let's talk about the online test. Yes. My favorite one is from the Enneagram Institute. It's $12. It is well worth the money. Mm -hmm. I like, I just like how comprehensive it is and how in depth it goes. So, um, but there are plenty of free tests out there. So what do whatever you need to do? Yeah. Um, but there are a couple of things that I want you to keep in mind when you are taking a test. So, um, This may shock a few people that have already done this, but um, I want to equip you with (laughs) the best answers, the best results. Okay, so tip number one is take the test as if you're in your 20s, and that shocks a lot of people. Uh, myself included, when I first heard that because I was like, I don't even remember what I was like in my 20s. <laughs> and, and probably most people are like, no. I know. No. <laughs> but if you remember back or if you're still in your 20s, um, you have more of a raw, real view on the world in a way. Yeah. It, because we have had life experiences that have helped to shape us and form us and get us to where we are right now, but at the, when you're at your twenties you um like I said before, it's a little bit more raw and real, and that's what we kind of want to do is peel back some of the layers of life, if mm. you will mm-hmm. um because the Enneagram is who you are at your core, how you view the world, and life experiences for kids like so things can alter the way that you are personality-wise, but it's never going to alter who you are Enneagram-wise. So personality-wise, it will depend on how you were raised. Maybe a traumatic experience happened. Uh, Maybe it's culturally. Maybe it is, um, like, there's a lot of different things that can shape your personality, Mm -hmm. but your Enneagram at your core is not going to change. Right. And so I just want people to understand that a lot of times they can say, Well, I know this person is this specific number and I'm that number too and we look totally different. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But let's just let's just at its simplest terms say it's life. Right. Um, we were raised in different houses. Mm-hmm. Okay. But going back <laughs> to taking the test as if you were in your twenties, mm-hmm. um, It gives you a little bit more of a real raw view on how you are at your core. And um, like I said before, life can help us shape the way that we respond to things now. Um, So you want to peel back some of those layers. So take the test as if you're in your 20s. Okay. Tip number two is answer the questions honestly. And that seems like a really, really (laughs) obvious thing. Right. Right but I've worked with people that have not done this because they want to answer the questions as they'd hope to be. Hmm. And you need to answer the questions as you really are. And even if you don't like the answers, answer them like gut response. Right. Okay. Okay. So tip number three, take business completely out of your answers. Hmm. So for those of us that are working moms, and we are, like, for me, I have businesses that I run. And so I, a lot of times, live and breathe these businesses. Right. And it's hard to separate myself from that. So if you are a working mom and you're taking this test, I want you to take business completely out of it and only answer it personally. Because that's what we want to get to the core of, is personal. Hmm. Not business, personal. and. Your Enneagram number and wing type, which we're going to talk about in a few minutes, can influence how you are as a business person. Hmm. So take business completely out of your answers. Number four is online tests are 75% accurate. And I know we were just talking about online tests, but I, I feel like I need to tell people that because yeah. a lot of times when they take these tests, they think that their results are the be-all, end-all. This test told me that I was this number and that's what I am. Mm-hmm. And that's not always true because we as humans can relate better to stress than we can to growth. And if we are going through any kind of a stressful situation in our life and we're taking the test, we can, that can skew our answers. Right. So make sure that when you are getting your results back to read the descriptions of, I usually say your top four to five scores. Mm. And everybody's going to, I mean, there's lots of Enneagram coaches that will have different opinions on that. But I usually say the top four to five scores, read the descriptions of the number and just see which one you resonate the best with. And you may resonate with more than one, but um, really, really read those and focus on the core fears, desires, and motivators of those numbers. I love that. And admittedly,
1: I've already taken a test, um, but those tips, I want to go back and take it because because those tips are really, really good. Uh, So just a reminder, go back to your 20s. Tip one, what's your second
2: tip again? Answer the questions honestly. Yep. And tip three? Take business completely out of your answers. Okay. And then tip four, final one. Online tests are 75% accurate.
1: Yeah, I love all of those. Those are so true and very true for my experience as well. So I I um, think that's a great starting point. Uh, are we ready to start going through the numbers? Yes. Okay, drum roll. Okay. Dr- drum roll, here
2: we go. <laughs> here we go. Okay, so... Um, the next thing that I want to say before I go to love, the you're like, it's suspense. <laughs> Everyone that's it's the like, suspense. <laughs> we're just
1: building no. up. Okay, no.
2: I I just I I want to just make a couple of things really clear to the listeners so that yep. they know because a lot of people will take these tests and they'll think that their um whatever their first number result is is mm-hmm. their number. And right. then so I'll get people say that I am an eight with and then a four or an eight with a four wing or um things that don't um, necessarily make sense in the Enneagram world. And right. so I'm just saying that because you can only have one Enneagram type mm-hmm. and that number, type number, the Enneagram number is connected to four other numbers. And those those four numbers are the two numbers on each side of it. So if you're two, then that number, there you Those two numbers would be a one and a three. And those two numbers are called your wings. So just think of it as like, you know, angel wings on each side of you, Mm -hmm. flapping around. And you will use those numbers in different seasons and situations of your life. And it's important to know this because like I said earlier, um, if you're a business person or if you're in a situation that is going to cause you to act a different way, you may step back from that and be like, oh my gosh, why am I acting that way or why did I just respond like that? And it could be because you are using one of your number your wing numbers more than the other. Okay. So that influences your dominant enneagram type. It's like salt and pepper. You're right. going to use more of one than the other sometimes. Okay. And you may not use any at all. But I just want people to be aware of that. And then the other two numbers that your dominant enneagram number is connected to are the numbers it goes the number it goes to when it's growing. And the number it goes to when it's stressed. So that's important to know because we're gonna talk about that when I go through all of the different numbers. And so I tell people if you know your number, you're probably only gonna be listening for your number, but pay attention because the other numbers could be your wings, they could be your growth number, they could be your stress number, it could be your spouse's number, your yeah. spouse's number, it could be your friend's number, coworker, all of that. So yes,
1: um I absolutely agree. I I actually very much think that all of these caveats that you have forced us to listen to are, <laughs> are, are totally necessary though, because you're absolutely right. There are so many complex, so much complexity to the Enneagram that I think yes. it's important for us to throw everything on the table before we even dig into the numbers. So. Well and done. there's,
2: there's a couple of things too, called the tri-types and the sub-types, which we're not even going to talk about because that's like another 10 hour conversation. <laughs> But I, I feel like I always need to let people know that yeah. there are things they're out there. So right. don't think that if you're feeling a certain way, it's you're there's something wrong with you. <laughs> if it doesn't look like how it's supposed to look in the books, there's nothing wrong with you. It could be because of your tri type, it could be because of your subtype, it could be because of the way you were brought up. Who knows? Right. Um, right. Introvert extrovert.
1: Right, and every number does also look different when it's healthy as opposed to unhealthy and um, even average. And so that's where I think the um, fascination with Enneagram is so real these days because there Mm -hmm. are so many considerations uh, that everyone is kind of keeping in mind as they think about themselves and certainly think of other people that they either work with or they live with um, or they interact with consistently.
2: You're right. You're right. And most of the stuff that's out there and what we're going to be talking about today is all based on the average of, um, well, most, it's either average or healthy. Yeah. Right. So Um, we're not talking super unhealthy. Are you ready? All right. I am ready. No more caveats. (laughs) Sorry. Okay. (laughs) No, I love it. So we're going to start with type one. Okay. So type one is called the perfectionist it, there's different you know it just depends on which book and which doctor you talk to the names of these so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna use one name if you've heard it called something else that's fine but type one perfectionist and um, type ones th- some characteristics of them they're responsible they're dedicated organized detail obsessed and they're very driven and their strengths, so if you're a type one, your strengths are, your, um, like I just said, you're responsible, dedicated, organized, detail-obsessed, and driven. Your flaws, you're self-critical, judgmental of others, a workaholic, rigid black-and-white thinking. So they're usually like, there's a right and a way, wrong way to do things, and it's usually my way. <clears throat> and so type ones have also this record player. In their head, that is basically telling them that they could always be doing something better. You didn't do that good enough. And they can't shut it off. It's usually there like 95% of the time. Hmm. And it's tr- pushing them to always be better. And a lot of times, when they are, um, a lot of typed ones will be listening to this record player and constantly striving. For perfection. And if other people around them are not meeting their expectations of what they think that it should look like, it could come out as criticism to those people. Mm. But really, it's not, it's not always supposed to be like that. It is, it just comes out that way because they're just dealing with this inner critic, Mm. this record player that they cannot shut off. Yeah. So when type ones get stressed out, They can get frustrated that their high standards seem unreachable for themselves and for others, and they struggle to complete projects or tasks. And so I know that I just said that type one has this record player. Every single number has some kind of little record player or voice that goes on. And type one says, if I do everything perfect and right, then I am good and okay.
1: I have some ones in my life. Yeah. Well good well people. They're wonderful people. <clears throat> I actually have one of my strongest uh team members who is a one. And she brings so like every number, she brings such amazing things to the table. Uh, but uh like every number, there are things that are really a challenge, you know, with uh-huh. working with a one that you have to be um, considerate of when you're uh, empowering them as their leader uh, and wanting also to come alongside of them as a friend too. So uh, to all the ones out there, I love yes. that you make the world a better, like a more perfect space. <laughs> Me too. We yeah. need them. Oh, we totally need ones. And I have lots of friends that are ones too. So, um, okay, that's okay.
2: one. Let's go to two. So type two. The helper. So the helper strengths, it, they're big hearted. They're very generous, empathetic, supportive. They connect others. You're really good at connecting others. And they're really good community builders. They're people, people. And their flaws though. So if you're two, um, your flaws can be, um, you can be needy or a pushover close-minded to trying new things, vulnerable to criticism, and too much of a people-pleaser. So when you're stressed, you play the blame game and try to control others or outcomes. So twos are, I have a lot of twos in my life. I love my twos. They are the, I am, um, I'll tell you what my number is after I tell you all of these, but Mm -hmm. um, my personality is, I have lots of ideas. And my twos will grab my ideas and keep me in line. Mm. You need to get this done. So a two, though, um, uh, will help people to a fault Mm. because they would rather do things for other people than actually take the time to look at what they need. They want to help fulfill what everyone else needs before they fulfill their own needs. Mm. And so the twos record player that goes on in their head says, if I am close to others and loved by them, then I am okay. Hmm. Uh,
1: I heard it once said, I think it was on a podcast of some sort, that uh, the... That in- I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but most Enneagram experts would say, like, you don't want to fall into stereotyping anyone into a number, mm-hmm. uh, but I had heard on this podcast that a lot of uh, second-in-command for um, businesses are twos because they are such people, relater, like relational yes. people that really love helping
2: others. They do. So I thought that was really interesting. They do love helping people. Yeah. They're uh, the people that you would call if your car broke down on the side of the road. They would be there immediately.
1: Yeah, I I love Mia too. And I'll do the same as Melissa. I'll wait until the end to tell everybody. I, I divulge what I am. Okay.
2: Um, okay, three. Okay, so type three is the achiever.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Their strengths, they're very goal-oriented. They can be adaptable to situations. They're independent, innovative very enthusiastic, and can be very inspiring to others. Hmm. So the flaws of a three is they can be controlling, too concerned with keeping up appearances, and they find it impossible to turn off. They're always in like go-do mode. Hmm. They have an extreme fear of failure. And um, like I said, they're always in doing-go mode. Like they're go-go-goers. Yeah. So when a three is stressed, they try to numb themselves and avoid their feelings, um, sometimes with food or alcohol, retail therapy, or Netflix binge fests. Okay. So the threes are what is called the chameleon of the Enneagram. Hmm. And they're called that because they have this um, uncanny ability. It's almost like the superpower of theirs. To be able to go into a situation and figure out, especially if it is somebody that is um, seen as a person of power or importance, they can go in and figure out what that person wants or needs, just by talking to them, and then they can transform themselves into being that for that person hmm. because they really want they they want to be seen as successful. They hate the fear of failure. And so if they can attach themselves to someone that seems important, then um, it helps them have that persona of success in a way. Now, again, this is not true for every single three. So I don't want people to be like, oh my gosh, I'm a three and I don't ever do that. Well, that's okay. You don't need to do that. But it's, you know, this is just a a, uh, common characteristic of a three. Threes are very, um, like, if you are a business person or entrepreneur in any way, threes are very, very, very driven. Right. Very driven. Yeah.
1: I've also heard that a majority of the numbers, uh, with the exception of threes, go into any conversation, like, wanting to ensure their relationship is on good terms. Uh, And so they generally small talk, you know, just wanting to make sure that, like, we're okay, right? Uh, We're a three- generally gets down to business pretty easily mm-hmm. on, and then they will circle back. It's not like they don't care about people. Um, it's that they just want to make sure the task at hand is taken care of, and then they circle back to making sure the relationship's okay. <laughs> yes. And I think that's so interesting, and at Isn't least it? in my case, experience true of the threes in my life.
2: I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, so the threes, the threes little voice or record player says... If I do something valuable or admirable, then I am okay. And that's their driver, like their Mm -hmm. motivation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Okay, four. Type fours. Type four strengths. They're idealistic, passionate, creative, self-expressive, authentic, and they follow their hearts. The four's flaws are they don't take criticism well. They're unrealistic or impractical, self-conscious, envious of others, and undisciplined. And then when the fours get stressed out, they might seek out attention or try to get others to solve their emotional dilemmas. And so fours have this, this like thought of... Everyone else has it figured out, and I don't what's wrong with me and they have this like life mission to continue to figure out like what their place and purpose is and it I think the fours are one of those numbers that can sit with someone in a crisis or really emotional situation. They don't have a problem sitting with that person and just letting them express themselves. It doesn't make them uncomfortable at all. As a matter of fact, a lot of times fours will enjoy sitting in melancholy hmm. and, um, it's just part of who they are. And I think that's, I think that's really beautiful to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've heard, uh, fours are, and I'm curious if you'd agree
1: the most empathetic, generally speaking. On any they point. can be. Yes. Yeah. hmm like, really feeling somebody else's yes sensitivities and emotions.
2: Yes. As if they're a A lot of, yeah. um, a, what I'm finding is that a lot of musicians hmm. are fours. Interesting. The, like, the ones that write, they, they write their music, they're very deep, and can really get into that headspace. And they're good with getting into that headspace. And then they write that beautiful music and perform it. Just I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to harness that. Hmm.
1: Yeah. I also would be curious if a lot of fours are the babies of the family. Because like with birth order, um, a lot of musicians or uh, anyone that does theater, those types of things are the babies. Anyway,
2: Mm. fascinating to
1: consider. But yeah, I could totally see how a lot of musicians are fours.
2: Yes, that's actually a really good point with the whole birth order thing. Yeah. Uh, moving back, we could, we could like really go down a lot of different rabbit holes. Yeah, we totally could. <laughs> so the type four's voice or record player says, if I am authentic and true to myself, then I am okay. Hmm. Okay. So type five yeah. is the observer. And so five strengths. Is they're analytical, resourceful. They can be very objective. They're usually intellectual and can be really good at. They can be really good at compartmentalizing their emotions. Hmm. The flaws is they can come across as detached and rigid. They can neglect their physical and emotional health. They live in their head and can be critical of others. And when the five's stressed out, they can get scatterbrained and suffer from shiny object syndrome. <laughs> shiny object. Syndrome. <laughs> Tell me how that plays out for a five. <laughs> well, usually fives are very like like I said they're they're analytical. They are um, like re- usually researched ways to do things. Okay. That's typically how they are. So when they are stressed, uh-huh. that's not how they are. They. They're all over the place. So that's a good way for, like that's a good way to understand when, especially when we look at stress points. Yeah. People that typically act a certain way are acting a complete opposite way. They may not know they're stressed, but someone else on the outside be like, you're acting completely outside of your normal, your normal personalities. What's going on? Right.
1: And And hence the shiny object syndrome for a five. Shiny object.
2: So fives are um a lot of times misunderstood as being unsocial because um <clears throat> let's say let's say in a like group setting a lot of times they can be asked to go to like let's say a moms a mom's night out or somewhere after work and fives often i won't say always often will Decline the invitation because fives only have a certain amount of mental capacity to give each day, and they have to be very smart with how they use it. And so, if they have used that up by going to the grocery store and having a conversation with someone during the day, in the evening, they've got to retreat and be and like get, like, you know, how introverts need to recharge by Mm -hmm. going home and just being by themselves. It's kind of how fives are hmm. with situations. If they've used all of their energy up in a, in one situation, they don't have any more to give and they have to protect themselves. Hmm. And so they're not meaning to seem like they don't care about other people. They just, they're just there. It's, it's that self-preservation mode that hmm. they have to kick in. Right. And, um, I just, I, I really hope people understand that about fives and fives understand that about themselves. It's not that you don't like people, you love people. It's that you're protecting yourself. Right. And it's just innate in them.
1: You know, yes. it's like, they're not necessarily choosing to say, no, we're not engaged because of, you know, lack of interest in the people. It's just like, that's how they operate. Now, I, yes. I very much agree with that on fives. So...
2: So five's um, inner critic, it's not inner critic. So five's record player says, if I master a body of knowledge, then I am okay. So the more knowledge they have, the more value they feel like they've got in the world. Hmm. I love that. Uh, Okay, six. Six is the loyalist. Their strengths are, they're, they're very dependable. Usually always prepared, insightful, hardworking, and very much a team player. Sixes' flaws can be they get anxious when they're faced with uncertainty, they're mistrustful of others, they procrastinate often, and they downplay their strengths and achievements. And when the six gets stressed, they can suffer from analysis paralysis and refuse to try new things if they think they're going to fail. So sixes to me are... um, Usually like the worst case scenario thinkers, they are, if you were to stereotype them, which you don't want to do, but just to have that visual, like a prepper mindset, like we have to make sure that we have everything prepared in case something bad happens. Right. And so it, for an example, if a six were to go to Disneyland, they would probably be able to scope out all of the emergency exits in case there was something that happened. They would know exactly where to go to get out of that. So you need a six
1: in your family or in your inner circle.
2: (laughs) Yes. They are the ones that they are the ones that will be like, well, that's a great idea, but have you thought about this? Right. Right. And we need we need that in our life. A lot of people are very much dreamers. And sometimes it's like, well, we have to be brought down to reality a little bit. Let's think about, you know, X, Y, and Z. So yes. um, not that sixes are killjoys, by the way. Hopefully that did not come across. No, that. no, they're not killjoys at all. They're I have not, they're lovely amazing. people in my
1: life that are sixes. And that's why I said we need sixes. The we world need needs sixes. Them. So I think it's wonderful. <laughs>
2: So the sixes record player says, if I'm completely prepared, have covered all the bases, and done all that is expected of me, then I am okay.
1: Hmm.
2: Okay, so type seven, the enthusiast, their strengths are, they're very upbeat, entertaining, charismatic, adventurous, energetic, and they're very good at multitasking. Hmm. Seven's flaws, they can be unfocused and they have extreme FOMO. (laughs) (laughs) They're sensitive to criticism, avoidant of responsibility or negativity, and they have a constant need for the thrill of the new. Hmm. And so when a seven gets stressed, they can be cynical or hypercritical of others. The sevens are the ones like I think of sevens as like the life of the party. And they are always willing and wanting to try something new and fun, to have that experience, that life experience. They want that enrichment in their life. The more things that they can do and experience, the better they feel. Hmm. And the sevens record player says, when I get what my heart wants and desires, then I am okay.
1: That's so true. To all the sevens out there, you make life a lot of fun. (laughs) <laughs> oh, my gosh. They do. They really do. So fun. Yes. We need sevens just like we need all the other numbers, but sevens oh definitely gosh. bring the party. They
2: do. I love it. I love I love it, too. All right. Okay. Eight. So eight is the challenger. The strengths. They're protective of others. They can be assertive, decisive. They're usually natural leaders, and they're good at motivating other people. Their flaws can be extremists, confrontational, controlling, and sometimes the ego gets the better of them. And when the eight is stressed, you can become mistrustful of others and withdraw from them. So the eights are, their big thing is like a lot of times they don't want injustice So if they see some an underdog or someone being mistreated, then they will stand up for them. They're the ones that will paint the signs and be out in the front lines for any kind of, you know, march or rally. They'll be the ones to head that because if they feel strongly about that subject, they're going to be out there to to say it. Right. And they usually don't have a problem with saying it. Yeah. (laughs) The eights have no problem with conflict, really.
1: Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I actually find, do I'd say that eight is the, one of the easier numbers for me to like peg somebody as, (laughs) I know you're not supposed to be able to do that, but the eights in my life are no doubt they're eights. Like that's (laughs) the number that they are. (laughs) It's a very strong, um, wonderful number, but they're um, some of the strongest uh, women in my life.
2: Yes. And I'm glad you brought that up. So eights as women are one of the most misunderstood Mm. numbers because um, a lot of times men, if you're a man and you're an eight, you're thought of as like a very strong, successful, powerful man. But if you're eight and a woman, that's not always the case. Mm. And a lot of times people can be misunderstood and think that you're mean or um, that you don't like someone, but really that's not the case at all. Right. And, um, I just want for any eights out there that, um, are listening, keep doing what you're doing. You're amazing. Don't let anybody make you feel like you are not good enough.
1: Well, we're going to go into this in more detail, but my co-host Michelle and I, Michelle is an eight. And she will totally own that, what you just said. because Love it. It's so, it's so true. She owns her eightness, and I love her for it. But she is a very classic eight. So,
2: so the eight um, record player says, as long as I'm in control and remain tough, then I am okay. Hmm. Okay. So the nine, they're the peacemaker. The nine strengths. They're open-minded humble, idealistic, creative, and they know how to make others truly feel seen and heard. Mm. The nine's flaws is they can be defensive, they'll procrastinate, and they don't speak up because they want to keep the peace. Mm. They're people pleasers and they're conflict avoidant. And when the nine is stressed, they become anxious and defensive and can be passive-aggressive with others. So the 9 is one that will go along to get along. What do you, where do you want to go for dinner? I don't know. Where do you want to go? <laughs> that is usually the answer and it's not because a 9 doesn't care. It's because a lot of times they just don't know what they want. Hmm. Um if you give a, th- if this is a great if you have a if you're a 9 or you know a 9 and you want to know what to have for dinner or where to go to d- for dinner, this is what you should do. <laughs> Give them like four choices. Mm. And and then they can pick because a lot of times, you know, nines are people pleasers and so they want to make sure that whatever they say is going to be okay for the person that's receiving it. And mm. if they say the wrong thing, then there could be potential conflict and oh my gosh, I want to avoid that potential conflict. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just going to say whatever they want. Yeah. Um one really cool thing about the nines is Nines are um, the only number on the Enneagram that can see every other number's point of view. Hmm. And so sometimes it's, um, and nines are also one of the harder numbers to um, to pinpoint because hmm. nines can usually relate to every number at some, like just a little bit of every one of the numbers. And hmm. so if you're trying to figure out what your number is and you're having a hard time landing on it. you um, might be a nine. nine. <laughs> read the nine. <laughs> Yes. Uh, And what's their
1: record player say?
2: It says, if everyone around me is good and okay, then
1: I am good and okay. Bless. My Mm -hmm. best friend is a nine. Mm. I love her for it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm curious, uh, one question before um, you share what your number is. Uh, Is there a number or numbers that you found are the most common or not at all?
2: No I mean I wouldn't say most common. Okay. And that's a that's a tough one to answer because I deal with a lot of business people. And so in the right. business realm it it that could be different than any other realm.
1: Yeah. I agree. Although it is interesting to me that you're you preface this whole thing with like remove business from mm. Kind of taking a test, uh, but it is interesting when you look at traditional leadership. Kind of that there are a couple numbers that, generally speaking, become more common in the yes. leadership space. So I agree. Yes. Uh, okay. So I I'm curious. Tell us what what your number is in your in your current wing. <laughs> your.
2: <laughs> okay, I am a nine wing one. That's what my
1: friend Laura is. I already I knew I loved you. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. And why are you tell me a little bit why why you're a nine-win-one
2: or how that comes out. Um so because I, well, I don't like conflict at all. Uh-huh. And um, but and I like a lot of structure with certain things. Now, if you were to look at my office right now, that would say a completely different story. Sure. But with a lot of other things in my life, I'm like, there is the The plates go here and they go a certain way. And if it's done a different way, then I get a little irritated. Yeah. And so I feel like I bring a lot of my oneness into my business with how, how I run it and the way that I want it run. Right. Yeah. I love that. Now, um, because, and
1: um, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but because your wings are either eight or one, Uh, Mm -hmm. have you found that there's a season of life or even just days that you swing more eight than one for your wing or not?
2: Yes. Yes. When I am in my business for sure. Uh And especially when I believe in something like, and, and I am seeing that that is not being done or there is an injustice. Hmm. I can definitely bring my eight and I will, that happens with my children too. But I think like every mom has that mama bear? Yeah. <laughs> has their so, eight flare up? <laughs> they do. <laughs> That's but so true. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I use that in my business
1: a lot. Okay. I would, I would think so. Um, And would you say that there's a dominant wing? Like everyone has a dominant wing in that moment or how do you kind of describe
2: the wings? So you usually do have a dominant wing mm-hmm. and it's the number that you will defer to most of the time. It okay. doesn't mean that you can't use the other one, but it just means that you relate more with that specific number than the other one. And um, there are, you know, there's tests that you can take online, but mm-hmm. usually you will know when you read the descriptions mm-hmm. of what your wings are, you will know which yeah. one you gravitate the most towards. Right.
1: Okay, so you're a nine wing one. Um, and I will say that I am a two very strong wing three. Nice. Um, So I admittedly struggled to land on my main kind of dominant number uh, just because as an entrepreneur, so much of me leans into the three (laughs) number. Uh, But I think even when you gave the caveat of do this, take this test as a 20 year old, uh, that even solidified to me. I was like, I, for sure, I am a two. Like, I was a two in my 20s. I've always, that's what motivates me is helping people. And, but I definitely am a very strong wing three. I love it. And love it. to my earlier points, um, my earlier kind of career prior to starting my own business, I'd say that I probably was a two wing one in that. So it is interesting okay. how it changes. Mm -hmm. anyway uh okay this is all incredibly interesting and i feel like we could probably talk about (laughs) our uh, the unhealthy ways the numbers how you how you are married to certain numbers like i mean there's so (laughs) many things we could talk about but we'll just have to have you back to talk more um another episode but uh let's kind of finish out our conversation with what we call our just add sprinkles mom poll so these are three questions Totally unrelated to the enneagram, likely, Uh, and you're just going to answer them, shoot from the hip, like whatever you whatever comes to mind. So here's your first uh, question: What's the a great book, movie, or show that you recently discovered?
2: I just binge watched um, season one and two of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, people love that show. Yes, it is so good. I mean, if you can get past. The language. Yes. <laughs> um, it is such a good show. So I like that one. And it's it's funny.
1: It's funny. There are a lot of shows out there that are not so funny. And so it's like kind yes. of refreshing to just laugh, in my opinion. I agree. That's I awesome. agree. Uh, okay. Second question is, what is the last thing that you ordered on Amazon?
2: They were these, they're like 10 milliliter... <laughs> Um, sp- glass spray on, I was making my own perfume. So there are these little like glass spray on bottles to make my own perfume. <laughs> I love this.
1: <laughs> okay. We're going to link to that in the show notes in case anyone is just dying to know these little glass spray on bottles that, yes.
0: she, that she ordered. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. Last, but certainly not, not least, because our podcast is about celebrating motherhood, uh, and you're a mom. We didn't even talk about your kiddos or your family. Oh, yeah. um, but I want to know um, how you are currently celebrating motherhood these days.
2: <sighs> uh, to be completely candid, probably not as great as I should be. As is all of us. Yes. As are all of us. Yes. Um, does having a glass of wine after they go to bed count? Yes. <laughs> That's not a
1: great answer. You are celebrating a day
2: <laughs> da complete.
1: They survived. I survived.
2: <laughs> no, I, I have been, um, we have been trying to do more stuff as a family, mm. especially in the evenings after dinner. Usually dinner time is our time. No, No phones, nothing like that. It's just our time to connect with our kids. And um, a lot of times after dinner, we'll play board games. And so that time when we get to spend that time with our kids is where we really get to hear more about who they are and um, how we can better support them as parents. It's just, for me, that's how I'm helping to celebrate motherhood. I'm making more of an effort (laughs) to be present in my children's life when I can. Yes. Girl, the minute you drop, the bomb board games
1: with your children. I'm like, that's how she sh- is celebrating motherhood. If she's <laughs> if she <is laughs> pulling up a chair to do a board game. I yes. love games, but like, especially my pr- productive tendencies, I have a hard time really pulling up a chair and giving attention to a game that feels like I'm not, pr- you know, nothing's mm-hmm. being produced during that time. So um, well done. I will raise Thanks. my glass to you. Thank you. (laughs) No, seriously, (laughs) thank you for all of this insightful information. Uh, And we'll make sure that we link to uh, Melissa's kind of preferred uh, Enneagram test and all of these other great resources that we talked about. But um, thanks again for being on the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me. It was so fun.
0: Wow. (laughs) Wow. That was a ton of information. It really was. Yeah, a lot of information. You might want to just bookmark this podcast and come back to it later. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Listen to it again. If you're interested in learning more about the Enneagram, we're gonna link to a book that both Steph and I have found very helpful. It's called The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Crone and Suzanne Stabile. And I have discovered that I am an Enneagram type eight wing seven, which means, Steph, that I am as an eight, I'm the challenger. Um, I means I do not back down from conflict. Sometimes I seek it. <laughs> Sometimes you seek it. Sometimes I seek it out. Just ask my husband. Yes. And, um, and then my wing seven, though, is my fun, my fun side. My that's the party animal side. <laughs> yes. And I love it. There's certain activities that bring out my seven that I'm learning about. And um, it's been fun to learn about that. What about you? Yeah. So
1: I am a two, very strong wing three. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of the things that I'm learning as I dig more into the Enneagram is that the two is the helper. Uh, And, you know, I think Melissa had some really good insight about, like, considering your number based on who you were in your 20s. -hmm. And I have always been a helper. I was even a helper when I was, I mean, you never change your main number, essentially, the Enneagram says um and i've always been that and that's like my motivation in life uh, now my wings have changed over time um i used to be a one, one wing which is the perfectionist mm-hmm. um i read something recently actually on vacation that the um perfectionists um hate that that's what they are but they won't do anything about it
0: because they can't help it.
1: (laughs) They can't help it. Um that totally used to be me. Um and I have a little bit of one still in me, but um I definitely the three is the achiever. So yeah, it's Uh, interesting because
0: I definitely see some nine in me too, which is the other wing. Yeah. But um yeah it's interesting as you learn more about each number. Yeah. You know, that we can obviously relate. And it's helpful to have a face to put with each number, I think. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm working my way around the circle. I've got you as my two. Hey, <laughs> I, have, I have one friend. You know, I I have uh, my husband is a nine. Uh, my good another good friend is a four. It's, it's you know just it's helpful to kind of have someone in mind. I think as you're reading it. So yeah,
1: yeah, because you said you, so. You said Jason's a nine, yes. right? Nine wing. What would his wing be? Is he a wing eight? And no, I think he's a wing one. Wing one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and my husband is a five wing six.
2: What does that mean? I don't know
1: that much about the fives and the sixes. Yeah, the fives and sixes, in my opinion, are some of the hardest people to understand. (laughs) Maybe it's because they're so different than me. But uh, the five is, I believe, the loyalist. Uh-huh. Um and Or maybe the six is the loyalist. Oh my gosh, Melissa would be frowning in shame right now. at my we inability. We just to. went over this with her <laughs> like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, but the six, the six is the worst case scenario-er. Oh. And so I actually have one of our directors on our team is a six, a very strong six. And um, I loved how Melissa said that a six, if you're a six and you go to Disney World, you know where all of the emergency exits are. <laughs> I've never thought that way ever, oh. <laughs> and so, and when I mentioned this to um, our sales director Megan, she was like, "Yep, that's me." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, so so, it, so he's got a wing six, but um, the five is um, pretty traditional. Accountants they're, they're into details, into their own kind of projects, making sure that they're selecting wisely on anything that they put their kind of mind and time to. Anyway. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that is. Well, Jason, the nine is a peacemaker. So his joke is that he's married to a challenger, so he has no choice. He has to be a peacemaker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, oh, I Jason, oh, you bring know. peace to our lives. I know, I don't know what i do without it. Just by it. complimenting <laughs> Michelle. No, I think we need all, every number. There's no number that's better than another, but it is certainly fascinating. I think um, if you're new to the Enneagram or still continuing to dive in, I found it to be incredibly helpful, both personally, so in my interpersonal friendships and in our marriage and even with our kids in some ways, mm-hmm. although I don't think our ki- I've really figured out our kids just yet. Um, but also on a professional level. So, um, I know this is a lot of information for y'all to take in, uh, but if you'd like to hear more about the Enneagram, let us know
0: because yes. Michelle and I will talk about the Enneagram as long as you'd like to with as, as us, as much and as often as you want to. And, um, and you know, go on social media and tell us what your number is. If you know, um, yeah. we're, I'm curious to hear more about, um, you know, what what people's numbers are, and and see if we can't find the full enneagram spectrum out there.
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know what? If there's fellow eights for Michelle or fellow twos for me, like we'll unite yes. online we will. in our fellow two and eightness. Right. We will. We will. <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for joining us. And um, in the meantime, as you're searching out the enneagram and getting to familiarize yourself a little bit more with it, I, I certainly hope that you've learned a little bit about yourself or other people today through this podcast. So um, we're gonna leave you and want to encourage you to always be celebrating in motherhood and don't forget to just add sprinkles.
0: For show notes and more information on this episode of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood, please visit citymomsblognetwork.com. There you can find more information on our topic, our guest, and our hosts. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to give a review wherever you listen to podcasts so we can keep encouraging moms to celebrate motherhood and just add sprinkles.